what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. In the book of Matthew, chapter 26, and I mean, chapter 26, verse 27 and 28, you'll find these words. It says, then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood. Somebody say my blood. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Every covenant has to be ratified with blood. In the old system, all sins had to be forgiven with So he's saying, I'm putting something new in place. Amen? So he said, for this is my blood for the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of See, God just knew. He couldn't put just sins that without an S on it. Took a lot of blood for some of them. Sins, plural. I mean, don't y'all sit here and try to play me early on Sunday morning. The, the Bible put an S on that. Because God know each one of us, and he know that we came to him with multiple. <laughs> I know some of y'all think y'all there, you didn't come in but one little sin, but I got news for you. We ought to be glad that the blood was shed for our sins. Amen? Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. I'm done there. Let me begin by saying a very special thanks to uh, Minister Marvel here who stepped in last week uh, to fill in the gap on the short notice. Uh, as many of you know, I went out of town to show support for a dear friend uh, who lost uh, his wife. Um, and she was a, a dear friend of Lady Jeanette, uh, Sister Brenda Palmer. Most of y'all, some of y'all know her. Uh, in fact, she was the uh, inspiration uh, behind uh, Lady Jeanette uh, beginning what we call uh, the women, the black dress social. Uh, she got that from Sister Brenda, and they was friends. And so I just wanted to be there to, to support them during that time. So I want to thank Sister Marva uh, for stepping in on short notice. But you know how the spirit works is that while... I was preparing to preach last week. I was already preparing to talk about, you know, the benefits of the blood. Had the outline already written. I was going to do two weeks on it. And I didn't even ask Sister Ma what she's going to preach about. But, you know, when I was listening in on it, I said, oh, that's a good segue to this week. She just took the first part of it because last week she was talking about I've been And one of the values of the blood and the benefits of the blood is your redemption. And so, therefore, what, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to kind of start from where she began with her text. Stay there for a few minutes because I don't want to preach what she preached last week. But I do want to make the connection to some other benefits that the blood provides for us. Amen? You know, benefit is anything that you can get as you have been earned because of retirement, whatever the system you're in. But sometimes you can have benefits and not even know it. And when you have a benefit and don't know it, you can end up living below your privileges because you don't know the benefits that you, that you have. And so what I want you to know is that I got to get it in your heart and mind that I don't want you to live below your privileges because you don't know what benefit the blood serves in your life. And I hope it would change your attitude, and I hope the message kind of is evocative to you today, because at certain points, I want to just get right in your face to make a point. Because if you can receive this, I believe a lot of things in your life would change, because you understand the benefit of the blood. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, that's where Sister Marvel was at last week when she talked about redemption. So the first thing I want you to know is that the blood of Jesus because of his blood, we have redemption. Redemption just means that we've been bought back. God bought us back because we had sin in our lives and because we had a debt that we couldn't pay. So he used the blood of Jesus to pay our debt. And with that blood comes our freedom from that debt and forgiveness of the, of the sin. 
So knowing that, you shouldn't walk around bound up to what you've been set free from. And, and, and what I want you to see also is that when, when we came to God because that word had sins on it, if we were in law enforcement, we had a jacket that was pretty thick. You know, we had a rap sheet that was pretty long. And so because of that, when you get free, you now no longer have to feel guilty about your rap sheet. Amen. All of you came to God with a rap sheet because we violated his laws. Amen. And so this is what he says here. He says, now look, in verse 7 of Ephesians 1, he says, in him we have redemption. Somebody say redemption. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. God's extended grace toward us bountifully when he sacrificed Jesus for our sins. So you ought to always feel like you are living under God's grace. God's favor is on your life because of the so, so whatever you do, wherever you go, you ought to feel like, hey, I operate in And because I operate in grace and I have favor in my life, then if I do things God's way and recognize what the blood has done, then God was going to find favor with me before men and... Y'all better hear me today. Some of y'all wonder, hey, you need to start pleading the blood for some favor in your life because that's a benefit that you have. Amen. I said I wasn't going to preach a message, so let me go on to the second one, to Ephesians chapter 2. Sister Marva did a great job on that last week. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, I want you to see that the blood of Jesus brought us, somebody said Gentiles, Gentiles. brought us Gentiles near to God. Yeah, thank you. See, we were once considered aliens, outside, and estranged from the family of God. You know, in and, and some places here we're going to read and say we were without hope of eternal salvation. But the blood of Jesus has brought us near to God. Mm-mm-mm. And we are no longer alien, aliens, but now we are citizens of his kingdom. Now the picture that I want to get you to see is this. Is that before the blood, if, if I can use my sanctified imagination, Brother JP, I don't think it's blasphemy because you are not God. But I'm just going to say for my analogy, you are God. Sitting in your seat of power. Before the blood, I was way over here. Because of my condition, because of my sin, because how the Jews looked at me. Cliff represented the Jews. Sitting right there next to God. Got his ear all the time. I'm over here alienated. Don't even know how to get through to him. But because of the blood, it drew me near to God. So now I'm just as close to God as Cliff is. In fact, because of the blood, I can get under the old covenant, you know, the temple was set up in three parts. Outer court, the inner court, and the holies of holies. There was a veil that separated that only the high priest could go behind the holies of holies. That'll be, say, where I'm standing up here now. The outer court may be out where the lobby is. You will be considered in the holy place, the sanctuary. You couldn't come no further than this before the blood. This is the, that's the closer you can get to God, right there before the blood. But because the blood was shed, the veil of the temple was... Now you can come straight up here on your own. Don't even need, don't even need boulder. That's a benefit. Because before that, you needed someone else to go to God for you to atone your sins. Now you can come. Good God Almighty. Look at this verse 11 through 13 in chapter 2. He says, don't forget. Somebody said, don't forget. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles. Oh, you Gentiles. You Gentiles. We Gentiles. That's us. Used to be outsiders. Somebody know what it's like to be an outsider? There's a difference between being an outsider and an insider. Amen. Everybody want to try to get to the inside. But the Jews say, look here, before the blood, you was a... You were called uncircumcised 
heathens by the Jews who were so proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their heart. In other words, the physical circumcision of the body did not change the heart. And so he said, now look, the blood comes so that it will change your, because if your heart change, your actions will change. If your heart change, your behavior will change. If your heart change, you'll hear God more than if your heart is still hard. If your heart change, you receive the word of God and in your heart and it will take root. If your This coming to church can be a formality. Because if this word ain't going to change your heart, you might as well stay at home. Amen. You could have just zoomed in or you could be at the beach. You could be somewhere else. If you're not going to let the word change your heart, because if not, you're going to be still looked at as a heathen. Help me out, Cliff. You're going to be looked at as a heathen on the outside looking in. And see, that's what the Jews thought. They thought because they went through the physical act of circumcision that that was changing their lives. When in reality, they had to do that all the time. They, after the circumcision, they had to take blood over and over and over again because their hearts were not changing. Something got to happen on the inside of you. And when you realize that the blood of Jesus can change your heart and your conscience, I'm going to show you that, it'll change the way you live. Amen. Now look at this. Verse 12. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. So, when that is talked to, you know, in plural tense, it don't have the effect. So, you have to personalize the scripture sometimes to make it make sense to you. Because if I say in those days you were, then that means who are you talking to in here? But now, what I want you to do in talking first person say, in those days I was living apart from Christ. Yeah. Amen. Have a different impact now when I say I. And I was excluded from citizenship, citizenship from among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises of God that God made to them. You lived, I lived in this world without God and without hope. So before the blood of Christ came on the scene, I was without God and without hope. Had no expectation of eternal life, have, had no expectation of the blessing that God had bestowed upon Abraham and the Jews. I didn't even know that those same blessings was benefits toward me because of the blood. And there are a lot of people that's walking around today that's living hopelessly. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they belong. And because they don't know who they are and where they belong, then they live below their privileges because now they're living as if there is no I want you to have hope today because of the blood. And, then, and if you don't have hope, I hope that you leave here knowing with, beyond the shadow of a doubt that the blood of Jesus has brought you near. They lived in this world without God and without hope. Somebody say, but now. Somebody shout, but now. He said, now look. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once, let me read this in first person. Once I was far away from God, but now I have been brought near to him through the blood of So that lets me know that we all was afar from God, but because of the blood, now you got the same level of access that the Jews got. In fact, your access is even better because some of them don't accept the blood. They don't accept Jesus. They don't accept the sacrifice that was made for them. So I want to challenge you today. Look here. Why are you living afar from God when the blood has given you the opportunity to be brought near? So my belief is you live apart from God, 
Not because of the blood not doing its work, but because you make the choice to stay at a distance. The choice is yours. I got a choice. I can come right there and sit next to Mr. JP right now. And don't care what Cliff think, how he looked at me as an uncircumcised heathen. It don't make no difference because now I know who I am. And I know my relationship and my position have changed. I'm no longer over there. I'm right here in his. Man, when you can get in the presence of God, your whole attitude changes. And I think a lot of people come to church and think that's because you walk in here, you're in his presence. Look here, you can get in his presence in your car before you. You ought to bring him here with you so that the worship experience will be pleasing to everybody because we all come with the same spirit on the inside of us, knowing that we no longer are far from God, but we have been brought. You know, children, the closer they are to their parents, the better they are. <laughs> you know, the closer you got them to you, you know, they act different. But when they grow up and get out on their... They have a tendency to do some things. And it's no different than you and your relationship with God. When you go without studying, when you go without prayer, when you go without meditating, when you go without doing the things in this world and you get a distance from God, you start living. Y'all ain't got to fill in the blank. Don't be afraid because I know what I'm talking about today. You know, and I believe that somebody needs to know you don't have to live apart from God because the blood has drawn you. And what I need to help some of you with, don't let other folk keep you from getting closer if you want to get closer. There are going to be some people out there who are going to try to clot the blood. That wasn't in my notes. I just thought of that right there. Y'all know that wasn't in my notes. But it's, it's sort of fear. No, having a blood clot is not a good thing. Having someone hindering you from getting closer to God. So now that we know that we have been brought near to God, then it's important for us to realize that we have been justified. So my, my third point is because Jesus' blood has been shed, then now, this being justified, go back to what I was telling you about your rap sheet. See, Romans 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. This passage let us know that we have been justified by the blood. We have been declared and made righteous in the sight of God because of Jesus' blood. See, God declared you and me righteous in spite of our rap sheet. In spite of, the, you know, the jacket was already full, Cliff. But in spite of what was in that rap sheet, God looked at the blood and decided to expunge everything out of my record. Amen. Now, now look, what I want you all to do right now, just for the sake of your own life, not mine, I want you to just close your eyes just for a moment and visualize your rap sheet before the blood. If you was honest with yourself, I mean, if you were just honest with yourself, I mean, if you were just truly honest with your, your spirit ain't going to lie to you. We said in the Bible, said the other night, the spirit already know what your rap sheet look like. So you ain't revealing it to me. You're just taking a look back and say, oh, man, when I see and understand where God brought me from and what the blood did for me, boy, I got something to praise him for. I, I, you know, like the song said, I just want to praise him. I just want to give him thanks because I, I don't look back. And even if I was a good kid, I was still stuck up in some ways. Some of your rap sheets are not that long. You didn't fornicate. You didn't commit adultery. You, was, you know you was a virgin when you got married. Wasn't in your rap sheet. But boy, you had attitude. Couldn't nobody get along with you. You were just all that and then some. It was in your rap sheet. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to read anybody's book, but it's a good possibility. Some lying was in your rap sheet. Some fornication was in your rap sheet. Some drunkenness was in your... 
don't have don't 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 have an effect over there. I mean, but 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 it was in your rap sheet. And see, if you're still dealing with what's in your rap sheet, then you don't understand the benefit of the. See, because I ought to be able to talk about your rap sheet and you ought to be saying, hey, Pastor, go ahead, read it all. That, that is no longer me. That's that, you know, I'm no longer that person. Because the... But that charge still pending. Yeah, you, you got to be quiet right now. You, you, you can't get up and do your little holy dance. You, because you got a charge. <laughs> you may be found guilty because you don't know the blood. But if you've been set. Let me read this. Now look at this. In verse 6, Romans chapter 5. Because we've been justified, we need to know that. It says for, now I want to make this first person again. So I want you to read in first person as you read for yourself. For when I was still without strength. In other words, we were all at a point in our life where we were just weak, Cliff. We was helpless, man. There was some stuff that had us so hooked up, man, we just couldn't. Weak. Every time it came around, just helpless. Everybody told me, you're going to be all right. When I was still in that state, God was thinking about me. When you were still in that state of helplessness, God was. So he says, when we were still without strength in due time, at the right time, Cliff, whenever God move on your life, it is the, it's the right time. He says, Christ died for the, somebody said me. You the ungodly. I know some of y'all think you were, but you, the Bible says you the ungodly. And Christ died for you while you were still weak and un. That rap sheet let me know. Your rap sheet talking to you right now. Weak. I ain't gonna never have another drink. Weak. I ain't gonna never fornicate again. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna even touch her. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna look at her. Weak. Man, I, I'm gonna I'm 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 stop lying. Weak. And ungodly. Overeating. It's all right, long as I was talking about the fornicators and all that. But we're talking about those that, that, that don't know how to push away. Weak. And ungodly. That's what the Bible say. Weak. So when God saw us in that state, he knew that that wasn't the best place for us. So while we were still weak and ungodly, he was thinking about us. Because in due time, he said Christ died for the... So you ought to be happy, man. He died when I was weak. He died when I was, you know, fornicating. He died when I was lying. It would have been nice if he said, get it right first, Jesse. But he said, why are you still doing it? In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Benefit. Now look at this. He lets us know that, you know, very seldom will somebody die for you, Cliff. Even if you're okay. They may even consider it they think you're a good dude. But it's so rare, you don't see it often. So that's why he says, for scarcely, for a righteous man, for someone, you know, who's somewhat good, will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, somebody who's especially good. Brother JP, I'm going to consider you especially good. Somebody may even dare to die for you. But if they have some second thoughts, they may say, Brother JP, you're on your own, man. <laughs> I, I thought I could do it for you, but, but, but brother. 
Why ain't you on your own, man? I thought I was going to be able to take the bullet for you, but you, you're on your own, man. I know we'd rather die like that, but I didn't know the bullet was going to come. So, so, scarcely would I die for you, Wayne. I ain't going to jump in front of him and say I'm going to be your hero. No. You ain't got but one hero that wouldn't die for you. His name ain't Bolden. Amen. So, so, so don't make me your hero. Don't make the person who stand up here and teach you your hero because most people that stand up here ain't going to. Sometimes we won't even pray for you. So how in the world? If I ain't praying for you, dying is out the question. Verse 8 say, but. Somebody say, but. Well, I was taught the but, you know, you're going to change the direction of the thought here. He says, now, scarcely would Cliff die for me, but God. Somebody say God. But God demonstrated his own love toward me, toward you, toward us. And that while we were, and while I was still sinning, Christ died for us. Christ died for me. That's how you got to read that. You know, so, so God didn't just talk of a good game. He showed up at the game. And he put some skin in the game. And then he allowed his son to die for us and to die for me while I was still. While I was still. Yeah, Wayne. Still chasing. You know, just still. Lying. Still eating too much. Still. He didn't say, look, you know, Bolton, you ought to stop eating two pieces of pie before I let Jesus die. I was still eating too many calories. But Jesus, now I'm just using myself for that, but you got to steal too. Don't sit here and try to play me. Y'all, I know you, you, got, a, you got a rap sheet too. Why you were still I don't have porn site. Still. Still. Now I told y'all, some of y'all don't got real quiet right there. Look here. Some of y'all still is not as bad as others. But it don't make no difference. You were still. And we ought to shout because we ought to be glad. He let Jesus die while we were still. Because it would have been working out for Jesus' benefit if we had to get it right, because he'll still be living. So he says, now look, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Then he says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, made right, we shall be saved from wrath through him. In other words, I don't have to worry about condemnation. I don't care how mad God get up in heaven. He ain't going to get mad at me because he see the blood. He, he may say a little something to me every now and then, but he ain't going to never talk to me about hell. I ain't that guy. That conversation ain't for me. Because the blood has sealed that conversation off forever. And so therefore, when I error, I just tell him I'm sorry, but I don't have to worry about saying, okay, I have made a mistake. Now he's going to send me to hell. No, no. The blood keeps me from all wrath. Amen. That ought to be something to shout about. Man, you know, you don't want to fall into the hands of an angry God. And so therefore, because we have the blood protecting us and we have Jesus' blood that has been shared for us, look here, that's a sense of freedom that you ought to enjoy. That's a benefit that you ought to walk in and live in it so that when you walk and talk about the Lord, you talk about him with confidence because you know, hey, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in. So whether you believe in hell or not, it don't make me no different. If it is one, I ain't going. Amen. Amen. So I don't even have to be preached to about no hell. 
I just say that for folks who, you know, don't believe in it. Just let them know. But for me, that's a lesson I already got, Cliff. That's the elementary. That deal has been sealed. And that deal ought to be sealed for each and every one of you. You shouldn't have to wake up every morning being condemned because you're not sure what your relationship is like with God. The blood! Saved us from wrath through him. Look at verse 10. It says, for if, somebody say if. If we were enemies, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Man, if God did that for me, Cliff, when I was an enemy, and now that Jesus has justified me and reconciled me back to God, and I'm God's friend, why would God kill his Why would God, why would you kill your, he didn't kill me when I was an enemy, so why in the world would he kill me now that I'm his friend? So now I walk around with a benefit that, hey, I am a friend of, I don't have to worry about him just slapping me around and condemning me, why? Because I'm his but with that friendship comes responsibility. I try to live in a way that please him, but at the same time, I don't live in fear of being backhand by God because I'm his. <laughs> like your children, they don't have to live in fear of being backhand by you when they are yours. I know some of y'all don't backhand your friend. I just use that, your children, not you that example. But they don't have to, you don't get your little ruler or whatever, you don't time out them. You know, you don't take the toys. They ain't got to walk in that fear when they know that they are no longer condemned by you because they're your... Now, I know that go against popular teaching. Your children ain't supposed to be your friend because sometimes friends don't respect you like they should. But I would much rather have your children be your friend than to be your... He said, now, now that we're no longer his enemies and that we've been brought there and reconciled and made friends, look what verse 11 says now. And not only that, but we also, somebody said rejoice. rejoice. We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So, so the writer is telling us that when you realize that you're God's friend, that's a shouting revelation. I think in my mind that I'm God's, I'm supposed to. See, it looks like he ain't got no friends in here. Because his friend's scared to read. So can I just take a pause right here? Because I don't have a one more text. And just let y'all have a, a pause moment, a praise moment with your friend. Because you got a friend <laughs> who has forgiven you of your sin. He has reconciled you because of the blood, and therefore he is worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your adoration. It is not too much to praise your friend. It is not too much to ask of you to clap your hands for your friend. It is not too much to ask you to say hallelujah for your friend. To say thank you for saving me to your friend. Hallelujah. 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 See, those of you who, see, sometimes I have to make things like this. Out in the social media world, everybody is fighting for friends. <laughs> they brag about how many likes I got. How many friends? I got to talk about friends. A friend you don't even really know and can't really do nothing for you. And you come to church on Sunday. I ain't trying to guilt you right here because your conscience ought to be speaking to you. And you come to church on Sunday and got a friend that sacrificed his And we tell ourselves, it don't take all that. 
And we know that our friend loved to be praised. He loved to be magnified. He loved to be glorified. He inhabits the praise of his people. So it shouldn't be nothing wrong with saying thank you. When I was a little boy, man, my grandmama and them taught us, man, if you can't say nothing else to somebody that has done something for you, at least just say That's enough. Sometimes you just got to say. And every now and then you ought to say it with some emphasis. Like you really are. Because you know the benefit of the blood that was shed for you. Don't live below your privileges all because you're too proud to say thank you. God, I thank you. When I, with my ma imagination, look back at that rap sheet that you had on me, I say, all I have to do is just look at all them charges. Oh, man, he had that on me, he had that on me. First degree on that one, second degree on that. Misdemeanor right there, but look here, that's murder right there. That, that's just, that was a capital, boy, when you did that, that was a capital of, See, some of y'all done got so holy night like y'all done forgot what y'all raps he looked, looked like. But look, I'm trying to tell you. You got to tell him thank you that you have been freed up from all those charges that was held against you. And when I understand that, then I'm good. Look here. The beauty of that is now nobody can bring those charges up in a way that's going to make me feel guilty because I know, I know. I know, I know, I know that he has exonerated me of all those charges because of the... Because of the blood. That's a benefit. So therefore, I live in this freedom, Major. I don't have to walk around bound up. I hope Major don't go and look at my past and see some of my old posts out there or find out what I did when I was in high school. Baby, dig all you want. Whatever you see, you ain't going to see a lot because, look here, I've been freed up. The God just took it out of the record, and therefore it don't make me no difference if you sniff it out. You wasted your time because it's not going to hold me. The blood done freed me up from people. People don't get next to me like that no more. I, I could care less what people think because I know what the blood has Oh, Lord, let me get back to my lessons. I wasn't supposed to get that day. Because some people need, and some of you all need to be freed up. People are holding too much against you, and you come to church every Sunday. You pray, you do all that, but you still walk around like you guilty. Man, you better, you better find out who you are in the Lord and start living like you're free. Start acting like you're free. Start talking like All I'm doing is saying I'm going to agree with what God say about me and not what somebody else say. People going to always say something. But whatever they say don't mean nothing because they have no condemning power. The power to condemn has been covered by the blood. Oh, let me move on, let me move on, because I wasn't supposed to get excited right there. So this last part, I guess I got excited at the right place, because that was time we could rejoice. But let me just go over here to Hebrews to close out. Hebrews chapter 9. This is another one of those things that you're going to have to kind of get a good picture of what was going on under the old system. See, this passage let us know that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice to be offered for our sin. Not over and over but once and for all. And he did that with his blood. So the blood of Christ purifies or cleanses our conscience from sinful deeds. In other words, the blood of Jesus can transform our minds so that we can distinguish what is morally good and bad. The blood cleanses up 
up on the inside by the power of the Holy Spirit, making us aware of our thoughts that come into our minds that will try to get us to go back to where God has delivered us from. So every now and then when I want to think about what I used to be, revisit that rap sheet, the blood. The blood said, hey, you ain't got no business going back there. You've been set free. So don't take your mind back somewhere where you have been set Because most of the things that cause us problems in life start in our If you can let the blood cleanse your mind, cleanse the way you think, it'll change the way you live. Your conduct and your character is the results of what's in your head. Amen. So look at this, and I'm in, I'm in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14, and I'm done. He says, now look, so Christ has become the high priest over all good things that have come. In other words, Hebrews is a comparative study. Everything that the writer was right, he was comparing the old to the new. And he's saying now this old priesthood, Christ is better than that. The priesthood that Aaron and the Levites ran, where they had to go out and sacrifice animals over and over and over, and then offer up a sin offering for themselves, that day is... He's the priest over all good things that have come. Not, not this coming, but have come. Now, he has entered the greater and more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands, or and is not part of the created world. In other words, the high priest had to come behind the veil once a year in an earthly temple like this house, this church, and offer up animals' blood. He's saying now there's a better tabernacle than this earthly tabernacle. And Jesus didn't come to this earthly tabernacle to give his blood. He went back to the tabernacle in heaven and laid his blood on the altar there for you. That sacrifice is much better than the blood of a goat or a ram or a bull or a dove. That sacrifice. You got to realize you're living under a better covenant, a better sacrifice. You got to act like you know that because the blood Gave you a better deal. Our deal is better than the old deal. So every time we go out there and live beneath our privileges, it's almost like we're sacrificing Jesus over again. And he said that he was a sacrifice once. So now you ought to think about it. Man, why am I putting Jesus back on the cross? Why am I going to let this extra piece of pie put Jesus back on the cross. Why am I going to let this movie that got all this pornography in it put Jesus why am I going to let this extra drink of alcohol that I know going to cause me to go out of my mind put Jesus I'm just trying to make you think right now. Because if you won't think about your life, you ain't going to change. Because you're going to settle for what you're comfortable with. But every now and then, you need to be reminded that the blood was shed for you for a reason. You got a better deal now. And because we got a better deal, we got to live. We still living under the influence of this created world. And it takes the blood of Jesus to help you navigate your way through this created world that is changing culturally every day. And if you don't understand your position in this created world, you will get caught up with some of the change. Not knowing that the blood has cleansed you. I know it's going to get quiet right there, man. I, I, that's why I ain't yelling. I know. 
because you, you're thinking now. I'm glad you're thinking right now. You're thinking right now. I hope that was an evocative moment for you, that you look deep at that rap sheet, look deep at this world that we live in, and say, God, let me take advantage of the blood that was shed for me. He says, with his own blood, verse 12, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered to the most holy place, what I told you earlier, once for all time and secured our redemption, that word is again, for, that's why I told you I ain't worried about hell and, you know, condemnation. Forever means forever. Forever is always. Forever. I'm forever redeemed. That wasn't no job that Jesus didn't do perfectly. The Bible said he did it perfectly. So therefore, I'm perfectly redeemed. I ain't going to hell. Amen. Whether you believe in not, I ain't going there. I've been redeemed. For, <laughs> let me finish this up. Verse 13, he says, under the old system, somebody say old system. The old system the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. In other words, all you was working on was the outer man. You was cleaning up the outer man. So we take blood, sacrifice an animal, sprinkle it all over the altar over you or whatever, put some ashes on you, and now you were considered ceremonially clean. But that didn't last till you took a shower. Once you go wash it off, there's no lasting power in it. Right. Just like there's no lasting power in baptism water. We do that as a ceremony. But if your heart don't change in the water before you get in the water, you're going to come up out the water, and once you dry off, that little same demon that was in you before you went in, he there. Because you thought that the ceremony was just going to take that desire from you. The ceremony going to, no, baby. The ceremony was just initiating you into the body. But after you come out the water, now you got to let the spirit work on that. Because until he starts working on the inside, the water is just a four. He says, it cleansed people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Look at verse 14, last verse. He says, just think. Somebody say, just think. think. Now he wants you to just think about it. Now, if, if they thought that made them clean, just think. Just think. Just let your mind go for a moment and paint something on your brain and in your head how you see this playing out. Just think. Don't turn your brain off and tune out and go somewhere else right now. Just, Todd, he said, just think. Right now, something ought to be running through your head that you're thinking about. What significance does Jesus' blood play in my life? Just, if you don't know how to think about the blood, you're not going to live under the benefits. <laughs> just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify or cleanse our conscious, our conscious. Well, conscious is a part of that thinking process, eh? So if I think about what Jesus has done, then that blood can cleanse my conscience so when some bad thoughts come in, I can plead the blood over that thought so that I don't try to act out what I've been You got to get your conscience in line with this word of God. You got to get your mind in line with this word of God. And you got to plead the blood of Jesus over your mind because your mind still remember your rap sheet. Your mind know what's in the jacket. Your mind know what they got on you. They, they mind, be the, your mind know how many cases you had pending. You know what I mean? You know that's, that was some detective sitting out there saying, I just caught a case today, that Veronica. And when I opened up her jacket, your mind know what he saw. But because of the blood of Jesus, your conscience said, I don't care what he saw. Because I know that I have been redeemed from all that was in there. And so therefore, when my mind want to go back to that, I have to plead the blood so that my conscience will stay in line with what God would have me to. 
You are letting too much that's out there on social media get into your conscious mind. And whatever gets into your conscious mind and starts you to thinking about it, you're going to start acting on what you've been thinking. So now this blood is supposed to say, that content I cannot read. Because that content go contrary to what the blood represents. So if you're out there reading all kind of content and your spirit is never quickened, I submit to you that blood doesn't stop running. Your conscience is dead. You no longer sense and feel the things of God moving through your spirit because you have become immune to what you're reading now and now that has become a part of you again. I know y'all don't want to hear that today. What that got? This first son, this is the blood. I said, yeah, your sin be forgiven, but the devil's still trying to get your mind. So purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that I can worship the living God. So it looked like to me, he said, we, but I put I there, Cliff. It's hard to worship God when your conscience is all jacked up. You come in here in the world trying to get through to your conscience, beating you down. You ain't even got no business here today. You know what you did last week? You, you hit this. Oh, hey, time out, conscience. The blood. I'm here to worship now. And because I know what he's done for me, I'm not going to let you miss this moment in his presence. I'm going to enjoy this because I came to feel something. I came to feel something. I came to experience something. I'm not going to let my conscious mind keep me from feeling what God would have me to feel all because I'm still dealing with guilt and the pain of sin. So those sinful deeds, he didn't say they weren't going to come. They're going to always come. But now your mind has been renewed, been transformed, and so therefore we plead the blood of Jesus to help us with the things that come and attack our mind so that we can worship the living God. That's the whole purpose of coming to church. You come in at home, wherever you're at, you're just supposed to be a worship moment. You're supposed to be worshiping God, getting something from his word, feeling like you're in his presence. So this ain't just wasted time in your life. This is a time that you set apart. You ought to get something out of this time because you can't get this time back. So you got to take advantage of the moments that you have now because once this moment is over, it is. That's why the world is telling folks right now and they're buying it too, but they won't buy it in the church. You got to live in the. That's the going thing when I'm looking out there on the Netflix. I want to live in the. But what are they talking about? But most of the time when you hear them say that, just look what they're trying to live in. And I'm just trying to tell you, I want you to live in the, based upon where you are. Oh, God. I'm done. He says, by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sin. The blood of Jesus has benefits. And therefore, when you understand and know that he is your faithful high priest and his sacrifice was perfect, you no longer have to bear the guilt, the stain, the pain, and all that stuff that come with your past life. Your past life is holding you back because your past life is still in your head. You can't get over what happened to you 10 years ago. 20 years ago. And I'm here to say that the blood is supposed to help you deal with your past and cleanse your mind so that I don't forget what happened to me in my past, but I no longer have the pain that's associated with my past. I remember every good and bad thing I've done for the most part. But when I think about those things now, I no longer feel guilty. I no longer feel pain by those things, even though they, I may have hurt somebody when I did it. But God has forgiven me. Don't mean that person has, but the one who counts has. Now, if I did things right, I should have went back to that person and said, hey, let's make it right. And if they don't accept the apology, that's fine. 
But that person ain't going to be able to walk around and say, well, you know he did that to me. And then all of a sudden I got to go, oh, man, I'm guilty again. I feel bad. I ain't feeling bad. That's one area I ain't feeling bad in right there. Because look here. My conscious mind has been cleansed with the blood of Jesus. So I, I don't care what ver version of Larry Bolden you go and get. Larry Bolden 15, Larry Bolden 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, whichever version you want to go and get. I'm going to put the blood on it. I don't care. Uh, he just sound too, well, I'm just telling like you ought to be sounding. Because I'm not going to live the rest of my life with people talking about me and putting me on the guilt. You can't help nobody if you're walking around feeling guilty about every little thing that you done did 20 years ago. How you going to help and deliver somebody from something when you haven't allowed the blood of Jesus to deliver you? So I hope you got something out of today's message. There's some benefits to the blood. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you will. Hallelujah. 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 We thank God for the blood of Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We have several appeals for you. My first appeal is for salvation. If you're here and you never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to give your life to him on today, if you're online or you're in the house, I just ask that if you're here, raise your hand. Someone will minister to you. If you're online, I just ask that you send us an instant message to let us know, and we will gladly get in contact with you because we believe that everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Everybody ought to know that Jesus came to die for us while we were yet still sinners. So if you're out there thinking that you got to get some things right because that's a common ploy of the enemy, say, well, once I get it right, once you get it right, then you can give your life to the Lord. No, you ain't going to get it right. Not on your own, not without his help because you're weak and helpless. But if you just trust him, he can help you get it right. And that starts with accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if that is you, again, I just ask that you just give us a call here to church, 850-862-3899. Or if you're in the house, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Say, yes, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. My second appeal is for new members. If you're here and you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and saying, striving for perfection ministry is the place for you. True, we'll love to have you as a part of this body, but we can continue to strengthen you so that you will walk upright before God to be more and more like Jesus. That is our goal, that is our aim, is to, to, to make sure that you're nurtured and brought up in the truth of God's word. If this is where you think the Lord is leading you, please raise your hand. If you're in the house, if you're online, just give us a call. Please raise your hand, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Then my third appeal is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you want to know more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit with evidence speaking in other tongues, if that is you and you want to know more, please raise your hand. We have ministers that will share information with you. Then my fourth and final appeal is for our altar time, for prayer time, or you can pray at your seat, or you now, you can come if you want to come to the altar around the wall. If we got, we got ministers in the house who will gladly pray with you if that's what you desire. But prayer is your line of communication with a holy God. And because the veil of the temple has been rent, you can go to him any kind of, anytime you want to in your own way. So if you got a prayer concern, you may want to intercede on someone else's behalf. As the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, don't, don't miss this moment where you may be able to intercede for someone. Please be obedient to your spirit. If you got a prayer concern, if you got a prayer need, please come at this time. Please come at this time. If you want to stand at your seat, you can do that also. Please come. Please come. Because we believe that the fervent prayers of the righteous avail as much. Hallelujah. 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 Even if you're seated at your seat, I just ask that you... Focus on things and things that you could be praying for, not for yourself. Just lift up your neighbor's concerns. 
intercede for someone. Don't miss this moment when we're trying to communicate with our God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the benefits and the, and the ability, God, to come back before you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for your word that has gone forth today. God, we realize that the word has got to get into our heart and in our minds so that we will live in accordance with it. God, I thank you for reminding us just how precious the blood of Jesus is. It was a perfect sacrifice for all of our sins, one time and for all. So God, we thank you for counting us worthy. You counted us valuable enough to let Jesus die just for us. I truly believe that if, if heaven rejoiced because one sinner gives their life to the Lord, I believe Jesus would have died just for one person on this earth. And so God, I thank you for letting him die for all of us so that we could have a way back to you. And Father, we just promise that we're not going to take for granted this relationship that we have with you because of him. We're not going to live below our privileges, God, but we're going to walk in the favor and the honor that you have bestowed upon us. And God, I pray that you keep our minds and staying focused on you so that as our old nature try to rear itself up in our lives, that the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from that thought, that action, that deed. Whatever it is, God, we plead the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And God, when it's all said and done, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Say amen again. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. This time, uh, being the first Sunday.